I just been living off of the bankroll. Had a saying go, got it flooded to my ankles. Need a raincoat. Hi there, Roman is here. Welcome to the Get Cracking podcast. We are on a mission to help each one of us on the way to achieve happiness. And today we have another wonderful guest here, Joppe. Welcome. How are you doing today? Pretty good. Looking forward to this conversation with you. And super to have you here. Uh, I am excited to hear what you're up for and, and what's about your new project that is happening but before we go there we have a tradition of our podcast uh we force everybody who comes in to present themselves in 60 seconds are you ready for that i'm ready floor is yours so my name is joppe um i have always been really interested in what helps people to move forward in life with anything really i've struggled with this myself and i see a lot of other people struggle with this i have developed a tool for that which is called descriptive communication, a way to help you understand what you already know, if that's what you want, where it comes from, and then how to achieve the first step towards that. I pride myself in living that myself. I use descriptive communication on a daily basis, And I would say that maybe the main thing is that I really care and I really want people to be happy. And I believe there is many ways towards that. And I hope to assist the world in that cool i think you're on a really important mission uh would you please expand what is descriptive communication so i'll tell you where it comes from yeah. that's more interesting so i was working uh, i have i have uh, worked before in psychiatry for instance uh, by diploma i'm a social worker so i've always been interested in communication mm -hmm. psychology uh, already have had a lot of experience with talking with people, understanding what it is that they need, uh, how to listen to people, all that kind of stuff. And then quite recently, I've been working as a career counselor and people would come in, mm -hmm. and, but we only have like 45 to 50 minutes, which is a short time. And people could, would come minimal one time and maximum six times. Mm -hmm. And that is not a lot. And of course, careers are a very big part of our lives. It's very important. You know, there's like family, there's friends, there's love, there's career often. So these people would come into my office and I would ask them, what can I help you with? Or what do you need and what do you want? And then they would either say, I don't know, or they would give me an answer not of what they want, but what you think is possible. And I realized that if I don't know what you want, then I can't help you forward. Often people would just simply say, I want a job. And there's an analogy that I've used for many, many years, which is that that's the same thing that if I want a relationship, I say, I just want a girlfriend, which automatically we understand that doesn't sound very fun. Mm. <laughs> that doesn't work like that. It's more complex than that. I've become very well aware is that if we know what we want, then we can move forward. So how do we get there? Actually, what happened was I got kind of frustrated with people not knowing what they wanted because I couldn't help them forward. So I started to ask in many different ways, what is it that you want? I tried it with different body language, yep. different intonation, different questions over and over and over again because I needed to have an answer to be able to help them move forward. At some point I realized there's a pathway towards the answer of that question. I also learned 
that people do know what they want, they don't, but they don't have a vocabulary for it just yet. So in that way, I invented what I now dub descriptive communication, and it helps me to be a catalyst to help other people understand what is it that they want. So do I get it correctly? So descriptive communication is not only about clearly transmitting um, what do you want, but then also defining and deciding what do you want. So it's not only outgoing, but then also it's ingoing. Yes, it's, it gives direction at the end of the day. Yeah. I have a very simple example. I had a lady come in and uh, I asked the question, what do you want? She said, I don't know. Hmm. And she was clearly a bit flustered, yeah. frustrated, because you know we need a job so we can pay for the rent and take care of our kids, it's yeah. very important. And then she had the problem that she was trying to apply left and right, but it wasn't working. So I asked her, what do you want? She said, I don't know. And then I asked a few more questions and eventually she mentioned that she's actually a trained chef. And I immediately thought, oh, well, that's interesting. Like nobody becomes a chef just because. Yeah. Like, nobody becomes a chef by accident. You probably have a passion for that. That's my assumption at least, right? So I asked her, uh, where, does, where does it come from that you became a chef? When did this start? And then she said, uh, well, I studied it. Which I find a very peculiar answer because that's where your interest started at your studies. That doesn't make any sense. Yeah, but then why did you study? Exactly, yeah. right? And especially with something like cooking, I feel like to me, cooking is quite close to like being an artist in a way. Sure. So, you know, you, you, well, you get the point, I guess. And then I ask her, and this is where descriptive communication comes in. I ask her, can you tell me the earliest memory you have of cooking, of your interest in cooking? And then she tells me like, yeah, I was with my grandmother in the kitchen. And I ask her like, can you describe it? I said, can you describe the colors, the smell, the movement, your grandmother? Right. And she starts telling me this beautiful story of how she is eight years old, her little legs are dangling over the kitchen counter, how her grandmother's old hands are cutting the vegetables yeah. and the smell in the air of the food. And, and I'm listening to this and she dropped the whole facade of having to be anybody. She dropped the need to find work that is available and instead start talking about what's dear to her. And in that moment, I say, well, it sounds to me like you know exactly what you want. And then her eyes lit up because she was reminded of why she became a chef in the first yeah. place. So the description of that memory led her to understand what is it that I want. Yeah. Oh, I want to be a chef. The thing is, she just forgot. True. The concept is so good. I like it so much. I, uh, we spoke about the same concept on the previous podcast. And also, I think I've shared the same thinking on the some of my social medias. Uh, and then the way I've shared it, it was about the clarity. Mm, so exactly. you, you can just, you know, wish something or want something, but then until there's no clarity exactly. in what exactly you want, exactly. then you're not going to get there. So you need to build this, uh, the clarity of, I want become a chef. So exactly something tangible, right? And then you break it down and then you figure out how to make the 
thesis on this kind of story and then get there. But then you are emerging even deeper in terms of understanding and building this environment and feeling. Yeah. I love it. I love it. It's super cool. Yeah, and the, the, what happens is, and I mean, you have to understand, like I didn't set out to, to invent this. It yeah. just kind of appeared in front yeah. of me in a way, right? What I have been so surprised about is, A, it works really, really well. B, it creates courage. Mm. Where people before thought, oh, maybe I should not send this message to gain an opportunity mm. or maybe anything like that. All of a sudden they feel, hey, I can do this. Why? Well, because I understand where it comes from. Yeah. And when we often talk, you know, when it, especially when it comes to careers or business, we talk about pitching. This is what pitching is. If I tell you why I am excited about descriptive communication, regardless of what you're up to, you might start thinking, hey, this dude is really into that and understands this. Maybe we should do something together. Mm -hmm. The same thing you, for instance, also see if you ask me in romance. Mm -hmm. I should not pretend to be something for you. Mm -hmm. I should be me True. authentically, clearly. Yeah. That's going to make you interested. Makes sense, right? And also, you know, you had this reference to pitching. So the, how the investments works nowadays, you know, once the investment to the startup happens, the investors are frequently, you know, observing the teams. And then if they have what it takes to get somewhere, maybe yes. the business idea is like, eh, or maybe the traction is like, exactly, eh. exactly, but exactly. then because of the correct people in the correct places, the investor might believe in people and just, you know, give the money for these concrete people to execute. It creates opportunities, even if you don't have the experience yeah. yet. Because if I'm clear of where I'm coming from, or for instance, like even in this case with the chef, I was talking about something from the past, but you can do the same with the future. Like if you have a company, let's say you're a CEO mm -hmm. and you're making your team, ask the people that you're hiring, what is it that you want for this company? What is it that you want for yourself? And what is it that you want for the uh, customers or the end users? Yeah. The, what is most important is that to me that when people then answer is as soon as they say a platitude, ask them, what do you mean by that? Mm -hmm. So if somebody says, well, I want the customer to have a good experience. What the hell does that mean? Yeah. I mean, first of all, duh, everybody wants that. Yeah, everybody right? wants that, yeah. The same way that in romance you would say, for instance, I would like somebody who's kind. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's a bit obvious. But when, it mean, when you say, I want the customer to have a good experience, what does that mean? Explain that to me. Now, most of the time this happens, then somebody will say another platitude. Okay, so good experience. Yeah, I want them to like the product. Same. You're still not explaining to me mm. what it is that you're looking for. By helping people to express that in detail, it makes them understand why they are there, and it makes you understand that they're a valuable asset. It's simple, right? True. The same thing with love, for instance. Okay, I want a kind person. What does that look like? Well, it is, for instance, kind if they bring me flowers. Okay? Now it's easy already, right? Easy yeah. to understand. What is it about flowers? To me, flowers stand for love and care. And he or she, then I know that he or she thought about me that day and shows that in a physical gesture. Now, if I am that person's partner, that's easy for me to do. I bring you flowers. Now we both know clarity, exactly mm. as you said. Now I maybe want to shift the gears a bit and speak about the something new that you are coming up with. 
uh, it's already public. It's mm -hmm. already in the post on LinkedIn, yes. and it's something called "Help Me Help You." Yes. Uh, would you introduce <clears throat> us to the concept? What is that, and why you're doing it? Definitely. Yeah. So, I've worked with so many people over the last few years, and it's always about what people want. Yeah. To move forward, to find their purpose, mission, be successful, be balanced, whatever. And I noticed that people are extremely uncomfortable asking for help. They don't. You can have a room full of people and people won't ask for help. Even if they do ask for help, often they add, the ask is too big, too unclear. Mm -hmm. So I'll give an example. Let's say that you have a startup. What does every startup want? Money. Money, right? Funding, right? Okay. So if you're a CEO... And I have a strong opinion about that. I think, you know, every startup one needs to have a business first, not the money. Well, and then, that, uh, but this point. is really out of well, the topic. No no, 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 actually, no. No, it's exactly, exactly the point. Yeah. Exactly the point. So you want funding. Okay, so that's like a thing that everybody wants. Mm. So the same thing if I say I want love mm -hmm. or I want a, a job. So I want to help people, again, describe descriptive communication. I want to help people describe what it is. Yeah. So for instance, if somebody says I want funding, what for? And the people will probably look at you like, what do you mean? Well, that's not an easy answer. Mm -hmm. What for? Are you looking for employees? Are you, do you need money to build a prototype? Mm -hmm. Because here's the thing, as soon as you then say, well, yes, actually I'm looking for funding, so we kind of track the right talent. But do you need money for that? Maybe not. So maybe funding is not the right thing to yeah. want. If you say, well, I'm looking for employees. Okay, here we go, descriptive. Okay, let's say you concluded it should be employees. What these employees will be doing. What will they yeah. be doing? Yeah. What kind of values do you want them to have? Yeah. Where are they located? Because we always make all of these assumptions when we say these things. We assume that everybody knows what it is that's yeah. going on in our head, right? Okay. So I want to help people to understand the question, what is that they want and need? And then I want to get them together, mm -hmm. 50 to 100 people. And I want people to share the thing that it is that they want and need. And then with those 50 to 100 people, we're going to come up with a first step on the spot. And it has to be practical. Mm -hmm. Also, what's important is that it can be business-related, it can be work-related, but it can also be personal. Mm -hmm. Maybe you're looking for a surf buddy. Mm -hmm. Maybe you're looking for a 3D printer. Maybe you want to learn how to cook Thai food. Maybe you need a babysitter. It does not matter what the question is. It doesn't matter. What matters is that if somebody says, I would like to learn how to cook Thai food, that with those 50 to 100 people, we're going to ask the audience, can anybody help? Now, let's say that somebody says, well, my aunt's uh, husband's uh, father-in-law is a Thai man. Maybe he can teach. Then they are go, should, those two people should go on the side mm -hmm. and now call that uncle. Yeah. Like now. Not wait. Because the bro is waiting with doing. So it's like, yeah, let's meet up. Let's. Yeah. So the point is that what is that you need now? Find a first step, practical solution, do it. And then after that, we can uh, have the experience of that success. And then, so how, what is your vision? So help me help you uh, build up on the problem of us human beings being not able to ask 
for something that we need and then actually when we do we like nobody might hear it mm -hmm. so then uh, in this event you'll be solving it but is is there something bigger is it a series of events or it's a good question thank you so uh, the idea is that there's an over uh, there's a hyper focus nowadays on independence and individualism people are so much on their screens and behind their computers and on their phones i want to break that barrier bring people in the same space and I want to start a movement around this if possible. I want to see if we can make people understand that we should ask for help, support consistently, but help me help you by being clear. So I hope to change people's way of interacting mm -hmm. that they become more clear, clarity as you right. said earlier, and more active. Now. The last part of the Help Me Help You event is after the event, is because after that we're going to go to uh, Tanner uh, here in Helsinki. It's a bar. So the idea is that you, we meet up, we become a little community of sorts, and then after that we have a good time together also for the people that are interested in that. And then the plan is currently to do this like once a month, depending a little bit also on my own time. And for that I'm looking for institutions that have a location available, big enough for 50 to 100 people and that are willing to also assist with a bit of marketing. Right. And I'm hoping to do this also in other cities. I'm currently talking to city of Espo. I'm also talking to city of Turku to talk about this. And uh, I'm also talking with Alto AS to actually do it there with them. So if there's any other institutions that would like to host me with that, yeah. then I'd be happy to talk with them. So how would you describe it? Is, a, is it a movement or a community? Or is it something completely different? Well, good question. So in that case, it's a, it's a movement. Right. Uh, I'm hoping that people create their own little communities in that. And with community, I don't mean, you know, 100 people per se, but if I have helped you to connect to my uncle with the Thai food, you know, that's where a friendship or a community can start already. Yeah. Uh, I really like the concept and I see the same there is a problem in this. I see that people are not asking enough because of you know all all different reasons. But that's that's I see what is not happening. Another something that maybe I like to do is about it's about giving forward. Mm -hmm. So and I think there's many people are like me, or I hope mostly people mm -hmm. are like me. So they would help in these situations even though they didn't get the help yet, yes. right? And then this eventually it should spread around, and then we all become more more human and Hopefully, we help each other yes. yeah it is a, I like it I do wonder sometimes if I'm being naive because I want to try and change something pretty big but I already have gotten a lot of interest and people are very excited mm -hmm. uh, hopefully it works I also see it as a big uh, media story so I think in order to get this successful uh, you would also need to invest into the media coverage and kind of proper marketing and building on this community and engagements. Yeah, and yeah. obviously the challenge for me is that uh, I don't have all the time in the world. Mm. Uh, I, I would love to spend my time on this as much as I can, but it is limited by the end of the day. That's why I need a little bit of help. Uh, and everybody has to understand that whatever help they offer, it has to be completely pro bono. Mm. Uh, I'm not making any money on this myself mm, either. Yeah. I'm truly doing this because I want to see if yeah. we can make a better place. Yeah. yeah, Wonderful. So for the people that are interested, it's on the 5th of October from 5 till 7 
at Office of Hive. Mm -hmm. Maybe we can put with the podcast put a link to the uh, definitely yeah. right, if that's okay with you. Yeah, we definitely leave all the all the links in the show notes, and uh, we will try to release the episode by fifth. Oh, it'll be even better. Uh, <coughs> it, I, I hope I hope we are in time with this. Mm. Yes. Um, so what is the call to action for people to join your communities and then to come to the, the Hive event or the future events that are yeah. happening? Uh, where is the best place to kind of hang out? Do you have a group already for people who are joining or? No, not yet. I kind of started this a little bit uh, out of the blue. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I didn't expect it to go this fast right. also. I was really happy with the people of Hive, especially yeah. with Sala, the uh, um, community manager there. She was so easygoing and so happy to do it with me. Um, I would say that the best place, if you want to know about this, is to uh, connect with me on LinkedIn. LinkedIn, okay. I will put most of the information there. I am building a website, I just don't have it done yet. Mm. Okay, but then also in the future, I would imagine it to be some kind of... Um not a marketplace, but the, like a social media type of website, or it should be based on, I don't know, Telegram community. So of something course, where yeah. people could I, wait, actually yeah. do it. I I have I'm one, I'm thinking about this, but I'm not sure if that's the way to go, because I personally believe that this is rooted in meeting people in person. Mm -hmm. If it's like a marketplace, I'm not sure if it will keep the power that mm -hmm. it's meant to have. Mm -hmm. It's so much more than just about assisting people getting what they need. Mm. It's about connecting. It's about finding friends. It's about understanding that we are a community by the end of the yeah. day. Uh, whether it's you know a community in Helsinki or a community of immigrants or whatever. And that in their strength in that, if we ask each other for help. And by the way, with that also comes responsibility to help. So for instance, let's say that I know how to make a Squarespace website and you don't, and you're starting a company. If you ask me for my help, then it's very important that I actually spend time on that. Yeah. Even though I have a busy life and I have a busy day. True. Now, don't get me wrong. It's not about helping people if you don't have any time and energy. You know, take care of yourself first. But I promise you that by spending time and energy on the people that need help, and they don't know how to do certain things by, t by teaching them, eventually you will connect. And I feel very strongly that's something we're missing nowadays. Yeah. Interesting. I'm really looking forward for what will come out from that. I think it's it's really a great idea to start something like that. And I think people should be more human and should be helping more each other. That's so that's, yeah. that's what I want to see, like, you know, the future. Yeah. And in the same, but in the same time, uh, I know maybe you don't have like a really clear picture on this and there's lots of unknowns, mm -hmm. but I feel there should be a way to utilize the, you know, social media or technology like af yes. after that <clears throat> to enable the f yeah. physical kind of interaction. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Um, maybe the next thing I'd like to discuss with you, uh, and it's more more about yourself mm -hmm. and uh, so you mentioned already that you've been in a psychiatry field before so this is your education and then you are in career coaching nowadays and now you have your this new adventure mm -hmm. new project that's mm -hmm. going on uh, but what drives you yeah. why you're doing it everybody 
has had a moment in their life when they were down and they were so down that the veil of pretending in society was lifted. Mm. And when we have that moment, it's so clear to see the people that have true good intentions, the people that actually want you to get better and grow. It shows you the people that don't care, that are selfish. But it also showed me that a lot of people, they don't really know how to support each other. They simply don't have the vocabulary because nobody taught them how to do that. That's when people say things like, it's going to be better. Which is, I get their point, but that's, that is not functional. That doesn't, if I'm doing terrible at the time, yeah. and I mean bad, you know, if I'm in a dark place, me telling me. Maybe let me clarify yeah. for a second. So, uh, is it more about your particular situation in life or is it something that you observed? So both. So, Bo I'm okay. so you also experienced. I, yeah. I, I'm talking about my own experience and also I assume that everybody has had this experience in okay. some way or form. So that made me really curious about why are people not saying the right things, things that help? Why are people not doing the right things, things that help? Practical things. There are so many books on, you know, if you're suffering from whatever, try harder, do better, go network, go out there. Mm. But so many, so, so little amount of people actually explain then how does this actually work. Mm. Like for instance, like, Explain to somebody how to be kind. That's really hard to do. It's really hard to do. It's not just about giving things. It's yeah. about intention and empathy and the whole thing. So I set out on a mission to learn to express and act clearly. How does empathy work? I have an example. So for instance, somebody asked me, what's your the skill you use the most and i said empathy and they asked me oh how does that work and i got confused because i was like what do you mean i'm just empathic mm. which is silly it doesn't make any sense yeah. so i sat down and i took time to think about what does this mean to me it took me about three weeks of thinking about this and eventually I came to the, to the following conclusion. Empathy is that when I walked in here, I took in how you shook my hand. I took in the pressure you put on it or lack thereof. How you're breathing, where you're looking, how you're interacting with your coworker, the words you're choosing, what tone of voice, are your shoulders up or down? Are you breathing with the top part of your chest or with your belly? Why? Because all these things can mean something. So for instance, if you're breathing with the top part of your chest, you're more likely stressed. Because if you're more uh, calm, you have a tendency to breathe with your belly. Mm -hmm. There's all these basic things. From that, I make a conclusion, an assumption, and then I test the assumption. So let's say that you, uh, we meet up and you walk in here and you have clenched fists and you're red in the face. What might that mean, for instance? Angry, aggressive. Angry, yeah. right? 
and my assumption, you're angry. And then I test it. So, hey, you seem angry. Are you angry? Yeah. And then you have an opportunity to say, yes, I am, or no, I'm not. Mm. I'm actually just really cold because it's Finland and yeah. it's minus 20 outside, right? Did I now explain to you what empathy is? Now I explained it. That is so much better and clearer than just saying, I'm but just no, so, so people might be, uh, but there's uh, too many things to follow because you mentioned like the whole list of things. So how can I keep up with everything? So if I want to be empathetic, does it mean that I need to you know, know everything and wait, notice wait. everything? Wait, let's get back to something else first. The point I'm trying to make yeah. is that if I learn how it works for me and I learn a vocabulary for that, then I can actually help you. Mm. Plus, if other people need me to be empathic, mm. let's say I'm applying for a job in HR, then I can explain to them why I'm valuable. Because right? I can explain to you that I understand how to solve this problem. To me, this goes with anything. This also goes, uh, is, uh, for instance, with like how to comfort people. If I think about how do you actually comfort somebody? People say things like, uh, just be there for the person. Well, if I literally do that, then I can just stand there in the room. But we all know that's not how it works, right? So by thinking about these things, the actual answers, learning to describe them, and then act upon them. Act upon them. I believe that's a way to help people forward. Why? Because it's authentic. It's real. It's true. Mm. And this is the mission that I've had my entire life. This is why I do anything and everything that I do. Yeah. I would like to teach people this. Yeah. Uh, sorry, I forgot in the meanwhile your uh, your question that you just Oh uh, yeah, I was trying to play a devil's advocate and then, you know, imagining that uh, like now I'm <coughs> I'm listening and I mm. might come up with a uh, you know observation. So mm. you said that uh, you observed many, 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 many things mm. and but then if I want to do the same, mm -hmm. so is it, so how do I do this? So there are mm -hmm. so many things mm -hmm. and how just I can keep exactly. up in the, okay. in the moment. Like, I have an analogy with yeah. you, for you. Right? Let's say that you take going to take a karate class, yeah. right? And the teacher uh, takes uh, uh, his or her assistant and says, I'm going to show you now how to do karate. And they show it, they do the punch, the kicks and the throws. And this teacher says, uh, now I'm going to teach you this. If the teacher explains how all of that worked and has shown it, do you now know how this works? No, no not at no. all. Yeah. Why not? You need practice. You, you need, need to practice. learn it like right? step, by step by step. Especially with karate. I have an extensive yeah. experience with karate oh, you go, from my childhood. Exactly, exactly, <laughs> yeah. And by the way, also, side note, and this is one of my favorite things. If I have done one year of karate, am I good? No. No, right? Okay. No. Now, I do one year of karate. You read all the books on karate yeah. and watch all the movies on karate that exist. Yeah. Who's going to win? Probably you're going to win. Probably, I mean, right? there's many kind of, you know, if, but probably you probably, if you practice right? one okay. year. Yeah. So this is exactly what I'm talking about. It needs to be practical mm. and real. And then you need to practice with it, right? Yeah. So uh, what's just the word I just lose? Well, that's ex the activation part. So... I explained to you how empathy works for mm -hmm. me. Now, if I want to teach you that, I'm not just going to say, okay, now you do it. It doesn't work. Yeah. So then we start step by step, right? And this is, this is why I love descriptive communication so much. 
So describe it to me. So for instance, let's see if we can just try it out here just for one second. This is perfect, I, I, I like this. So okay. let's, in the moment, can you we do something that I will be taught a bit to yeah, be a bit more empathetic. Okay. Love it. So uh, you came to pick me up here at the reception. Yeah. Did you notice anything? From you or from the reception? From, from me. From you. Mm -hmm. uh, that you've been kind of all kind of busy with something, checking something out and kind of waiting for me and I was there. What else? Uh, you drank coffee. That's what, what I noticed. Um, you had a backpack and a jacket and uh, yeah. What is some information that you got that you didn't have before? Well, we had a chat while we've been walking, so I got some kind of new information about yourself. So what did you get Dur during our talk? Mm -hmm. uh, that you've been on a party on Saturday mm -hmm. and on the bachelor party. And the effect of that was uh, that you are still kind of recovering after that. That's valuable information. Right? It is. Why is that valuable information for you as a host? Uh, because I can understand your energy levels. There you go. Yeah. Now, the trick is that, like, I've had so much practice yeah. that I do that automatically. I'm consistent. I'm always, and whenever I see anything out of the ordinary, I put it in a little drawer in my head. Yeah. That's it. Okay. So I think. If I reframe it mm -hmm. for maybe for myself going into the future, so picking up certain happenings from the environment and maybe paying more attention. So is this the way to be more empathetic? Well, did you did you get a little bit of information on how I was feeling? Yeah. Did you in any way or form understand where I was coming from? Yeah. Would you call it empathy? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so that's <laughs> as simple as that. Yeah. yeah. But the key the key is to understand that it's an assumption and you can test the assumption so for instance i said i was pretty tired but if then after that i'm like super energetic and bouncing around mm. then maybe there's a test there to be done an experiment and i would be so interested that i might for instance say hey you said that you're pretty tired but you're actually yeah. really energetic and then i might say well i had seven coffees oh that's way more information again yeah. would you say that seven coffees is normal by the way, so something came to my mind uh, from negotiation kind of practices and me learning negotiations. I learned from something called tactical empathy, mm -hmm. and then there I, I learned set of keywords, and then you also use them. Like it seems to, it looks like. Mm -hmm. So those are made to validate certain assumptions, mm -hmm. and then in the negotiation you might use them in the certain conversation to maybe discover, mm -hmm. or maybe just to disarm. Mm -hmm. But then, so what is your maybe opinion about this tactical empathy and I'm not a big fan and because I feel that and by the way I'm pretty sure that a lot of people disagree with me but yeah. I don't do any of this because I want anything mm. I have no uh, I have no agenda mm. I'm genuinely curious but then also being empathetic this is also might be an agenda so let's say for me i want to be so i i am and i want to be even more so then me understanding how it works on practice so it is helpful it is yeah but the oh, good point but i personally don't feel that it's because it's helpful it's an agenda yeah. uh it's the same thing with like uh we could also have a discussion on like 
you know, can we be truly altruistic if I will gain something out of it anyway? Mm. I believe yes. Mm. You can be altruistic and still gain something at yeah. the same time. I don't see the problem there. And the reason why I'm pretty strong on this point is because I feel that if I'm trying really hard to be empathic, it feels a bit the same as, you know, trying really hard to impress a woman. It's going to be fake empathy. Yeah, you know what like I mean? And, like, and you yeah. won't last. Like, yeah, it's not, yeah. it doesn't linger. True. I feel like then a question you could ask yourself is, well, why, why do I want to be empathic? Mm. Where does this come from? Then that will help you understand the, uh, the reason behind it. I think that's more interesting than trying really hard to be empathic. Yeah, true. Trying really hard rarely works with anything. <laughs> yeah, well, exactly, yeah. Um, something else I had in mind, and we also touched on it like now that your energy levels might be a bit low, but then also something I've noticed even in our previous meeting and previous conversation, mm -hmm. you have appearance of really, you know, calm, and uh, like a steady flow person. Mm -hmm. uh, so maybe a bit provocative question. Are you ever angry? Uh, yes. Actually, let me get back to the empathy part. The reason why I speak like this mm -hmm. is because it helps me to observe. Mm -hmm. uh, as you know, I speak pretty slow mm -hmm. and I pause comfortably. The reason why I speak slow is because it lowers my heart rate. You can try it. It's, it works really well. And the trick is to talk so slow that you feel you're talking two times too slow. Two times slow. That probably sounds to me like normal speed. Okay. Even though to you it will sound like you're talking in slow motion. So it lowers the heart rate. And that means that I'm less nervous. And if I'm less nervous, that means that I'm thinking with my whole brain and not only with part of it. Because if I'm getting stressed, that means that I'm getting fueled by... Adrenaline, cortisol, all True. that stuff. And then part of my brain shuts down and I can literally think less hard, right? Okay. Why do I pause? I pause because it makes me say no ahs and ums. You can check maybe later how many ahs and ums I said. It might be none. I'm not sure, but it might be none. Uh, and it gives me time to think. So I'm talking slow. I pause. But it also makes, gives me time to, at the same time, pay attention to what's happening around me. If I'm talking really fast, I'm occupied. Does that make any sense? Yeah, it does. And also, I'm, I'm like, while, while you're describing it, I'm really thinking about myself. And I'm, I should take it really serious. Because sometimes I'm like, da, 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 da. Yeah. I'm just yeah. putting it out because the thought's going so fast and then I am so excited and I just want to share it all out. And then it just, you know, it just explodes out of exactly. me. Exactly. And you learn, if you do it like this, I have learned, by the way, and just so everybody knows, I used to speak very fast. Mm -hmm. If this, if we would have had this conversation, conversation 10 years ago, I would have interrupted you consistently because mm -hmm. that's the way the Dutch people do it. <laughs> And the reason why Dutch people talk so fast is because there's so many people, it's hard to get your opinion out yeah. there. To briefly get back to the empathy. So, as I said, it helps me to be empathic. It gives me time to describe things, which means that it's easier to be consistent and clear. Clarity again. Clarity, yeah. Talking about anger, of course I do get angry. Uh, I would also say if somebody manages to get me angry, then it's bad. <laughs> it's really bad. Yeah, okay. It takes a while to get there. Talking slowly also helps with anger because anger is based on stress hormones, if you ask me at least. 
if I then talk slowly, so I feel the anger coming, then I take a breath, and I might say, I'm really angry. Right. And now I will more, more likely be able to verbalize something that makes sense yeah. than if I go, the thing, and you always, you know, it's like that. Because it makes me then more observant, more empathic. So the way I see it, so you have a moment to bring the consciousness and mindfulness mm. because you slow down your you know the pace of <clears throat> speaking you're not yes. only having a time to think of what you speak but then also you bring this consciousness and yes. mindfulness and then anger have a tendency to go out yes so yes. when when you're consciously thinking if like okay am i really angry am i pissed about that and then it goes exactly. just goes out like wh why am i like that exactly so for instance i had this thing where uh, I was waiting for a friend. We were going, going to go to a festival together. Yeah. And I was waiting for her at Central Railway Station. And I messaged her, hey, I'm here. And then she, she had forgotten. And I was so angry. And then it would take her about more than an hour to get there. Yeah. And I was seating, I was so upset. And then I went to sit on uh, Esplanade. And I sat there for a second and I calmed myself down. And then I realized that I wasn't angry with her. Uh, these things happen. This doesn't consistently happen. She doesn't mean that. Mm -hmm. And I knew that now she was very much rushing to get mm -hmm. there anyway. And I realized that I was angry because I was very nervous because I had a really important uh, interview coming up in a few days. And I was really insecure about that. So by calming down, I, could, I, re, I realized that. And then actually I also told her, so she arrived eventually and I said, hey, just so you know, uh, even though I was angry, I wasn't angry at you, I just realized I'm really nervous about the yeah. interview, which is really nice because then we spoke about the interview and she helped to comfort me actually and made me less nervous for the interview, yeah. right? So it's not about not showing emotions, it's about giving yourself time to think and feel. This, again, is where descriptive communication comes in. If I have time to think, I can learn to describe things. I can let my inner world become verbal. Yeah, I like it. Mm. And I think it's, it is also, it's something super practical that we all can practice with this, you know, with the slowing down yes. and living consciously and you know less aggressive and understanding better yes. it, it is it and is. that it works like whether it's like a job interview yeah. pitching for funding uh, a meeting coming up at work a conversation with your spouse it works in all of these cases and most people will tell me yeah but Joppe, uh, isn't it boring to talk like that isn't it too slow but i say i just ask them do i talk too slow for you or am i clear and the thing is, the way that I do this, it creates trust. Mm. It's actually really simple. Yeah. From before, I've read that once in one company, you had a title chief of happiness. Yes. Is this true? Yes. Yeah. Uh, so then you've been a chief of happiness in the company and then I hope you actually made them happy. Mm. And then this is the, the really important duty to mm. have. Um, but what about now and yourself? Yopa, are you happy? Yeah, I am actually. But it has mostly to do with, um, this is the first time in my life that it's clear to me what my mission is. 
I've been working on myself for a long time and I didn't realize how much work I've done and I've done so much work that now it's so clear to me how it works for me that I've also been able to help other people with it or maybe even sometimes teach other people. And it's really important that I uh, do as I say and that I mm -hmm. act. I have a very, one, of my, one of my favorite examples is this. In career counseling, often we do what is called a SWOT analysis. Mm -hmm. I've never ever seen anybody use a SWOT analysis. Even though most career coaches in the beginning will come up with the SWOT analysis, people make it and then what they do with it? Nothing. So what's the hell, what's the point? If you're the career coach and you're doing that for me, why, why, why are we using a tool we use once? Mm. What about the tool you can use for the rest of your life? Yeah. Practical. So I notice say sometimes, uh, and I mean this in a, in a funny way a bit, I live my own gospel. I live my own mission, I live my own truth. And that makes me also the best example of that it can work. Yeah, okay. No, this is super good. And I'm I'm a big fan of, you know, also implementing what you preach. Exactly. So and I'm I'm happy to for you that you are mentioning that it works for you and yeah. you are using it and yeah, it, it comes from there. And it, if it helps to you, then yeah. sure there will be similar people which will be also helpful. And I can already see more that. the better. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Um we are walking towards wrapping up. Uh, any final tips you'd like to give or anything final you'd like to share with anyone who is listening? It's really hard in any situation to give people tips and tricks that actually work. Um, but I would like to say this to whoever needs to hear it. Um, if you're going through a rough time, whether it's you as a CEO because you can't get the funding you need, whether it's your job search and you can't find the job that you want, uh, or whether it's with a family member who's ill or a partner or whatever, is that don't give up. We tend to start believe at some point that it's never gonna work, but you've managed so far, as corny as it sounds, keep going at it. Don't give up. Keep going, don't give up, mm -hmm. love it. Thank you very much for this particular tip and then time spent here. And thank you so much for showing up here. I really appreciate it. My and pleasure. at least I, I've I've learned tons today and there are certain things that I need to think and reflect and implement in my future life. So I'm happy that you made it here. My pleasure, man, absolutely. It was a Get Cracking podcast. Please press the follow button or subscribe button wherever you're listening and leave us a comment on the Instagram or the LinkedIn posts and I wish to make it better and it's important for me and everybody have a great day today at least bye 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 got it flooded to my ankles need a raincoat pair of boots and a dang bow gotta stay flow I might pull up in a stagecoach playing Beethoven whoa